Welcome to episode two of season two of Ed's Not Dead. I'm Robbie Dodd. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mr. Peter Crable. Hello. You got introduced second time this time. Don't you feel included? (laughs) All right. And that would be Mr. C.H. Sittens. Casey, how are you? I'm doing great. All right. It's great to be back. I took a nap today. You did? I did. Yeah, he's... It, I'm not a napper. It was one of those work days where we had to work, Mr. Craves, yeah, and yeah. Mr. Siddons, of course, was doing uh, home improvement. <laughs> That's didn't, right. Didn't Casey say that if teachers had a day off, they would all spend it working last season? He did, he did, he did say that. You have a great memory. I will never forget he's that. Said, and we, I think we ridiculed we, him. We, there was a little yes. bit. There was a little bit. Yeah, I'm that, trying yeah. to have better work-life balance so I can be you more are. passionate. I applaud you. So you can be more passionate. We're going to oh, be passionate. Very nice segue. Boys, we have a tremendous show. Are you psyched? Yes. Super right. psyched. Okay, good. Super psyched. All right. We are going to Super be satiated. <laughs> talking about a recent blog at David Gergen blog, Gurren blog, excuse me, where he discusses the influence of passion in education uh, and what happens when people lose their passion. So we're going to talk about that. We are also going to dive in quickly to a uh, an article that Mr. Krabs found that he really liked the power of being seen by Holly Corby and Edutopia. Why can't I say that? <laughs> Why can't I say Is it Edutopia? Edutopia. Yeah. I was saying Edutopia. Edu, edu, edutopia. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, where one school within a school system, Washoe uh, County School System in Nevada, are doubling down on making sure that educators in these schools actually know their kids, not just know how they're doing, but know who they are and what they're all about to get them more engaged. And finally, Casey's going to quiz us on how much sugar we have on our diet, (laughs) and we are going to have a quiz on Hispanic Heritage Month. All from the AARP. Yes, (laughs) which I'm going to win. You can find me at R.W. Dodd, at... Peter Crable and at CH Siddons and of course at Ed's Not Dead. Oh geez, what's our Twitter handle? <laughs> at Ed's Not Dead PC. PC. That's okay. right. We're on Facebook it. and LinkedIn and all those other. We also have a, a wonderful website, Ed's Not Dead Yes, yeah. we do. Yeah. I've written a tremendous amount of blogs for you. You have. You've Great. been submitting left <laughs> yeah. and right. Yeah, I'm yeah. so good. I should probably get on that. <laughs> yeah, I have a blog to proofread of yours, Mr. Crable's. Yes, I, I Casey's mine, but yes. Both of yours? Yeah, he worked. Well, no, no, he he worked on it. It was kind of a joint effort. So this is this is the blog that is straight plagiarized from my dissertation. <laughs> no, is that, is that what it, it is? started out that way, okay, but then we we yeah. yeah we altered it significantly. So I, I called you on it. Um, <laughs> We're gonna get published in Amel, Amle. That'll be cool. And then, we are. Uh, well, we're gonna try. Yeah, we're, we're gonna, gonna try. try. We're gonna attempt. We're gonna submit it. I got. Uh, I one of, one your, of, is yours done? It's gonna be posted in ASCD. You guys in November. Need, you guys don't oh, need. Really? What's that on? The Orange, the Orange Theory, Theory classroom. We oh, talked about it last. Yes, but they're not gonna. They're not gonna say the word Orange Theory. I don't think. Oh, okay. oh because it's copyright. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. So, so what's it going to be called? <laughs> the classroom? The gym classroom. <laughs> okay, good. The gym I wrote an article classroom. called The Classroom. <laughs> <laughs> the right. nondescript, non-labeled classroom. <laughs> All right, any back-to-school updates? Oh. <laughs> well, you guys are back in the swing of back a, in the, the swing, 2018, yeah. 19 school year. No, it, it happens quick. Fast. Honestly, day one, mm-hmm. you're like... I know. You're in, and it's and just, you're, and yep. you're and you're ready to get it going. I yeah. mean, the anticipation gets to the point where yeah. you're just like, "Come on, let's 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 get going." You get the yeah. first, you get the butterflies first day, and then right, it, it just, just down to natural. business. Yeah. yeah, but it's nice. I tell you, it is nice 
just like having all the kids back in the building and and the adults back in the building, you know, it's it's a little more It's fun. Yeah, it's a little more happening than the summertime. I would which agree. Is enjoyable. I would agree. Yeah. All right, any show feedback from being back for season two, you guys, we are we are got a lot of listens. I, yeah. I just look at num. I just look at the numbers. Yeah, I crunch the numbers. And uh, yeah, no, a lot of listens. Okay. Um, but the, the, there's no actual human feedback in oh, there. I got some. I got just, some human. Just feedback. some numbers. Well, numbers I, are good. I, I this is not written anywhere, but I ran into a friend of the show, uh, Bruce, who has been listening to us since our inaugural episode. Made it past episode one. Yes, he's listened to... He claims, Bruce claims that he's listened to every Ed's Not Dead episode, and he's a huge fan of the show, loves the show, and... Um, he thinks we're he thinks we're wonky. Yeah, which, which I've Ooh, wonky. Maybe Crable is, but you and I are not, Siddons. Oh, what, <laughs> uh, yeah, Mister Site Research Guy. <laughs> oh, let me just cite this casual oh, research. David Bandura. <laughs> anyway, anyway, how anyway. could he not mention Bandura? He's such a key person <laughs> okay. in the Bandurian theory. All right, okay. I got All some right. feedback. All right, no, hold on, hold on. Uh, no, yes. thanks to Bruce uh, for listening to the show. Absolutely, uh, he, absolutely. We yeah. do appreciate it. Yeah, we do appreciate it. All right, and he'll he'll keep tuning in. All right, who? What else? What other show feedback do you have? Uh, a colleague of mine just started listening to our show. He's uh He's big into philosophy, and I told him to listen in about the grit versus growth mindset talk. Ooh, and we talked about beliefs on this show, but I also talked about it with him. His name is Chris. Mm-hmm. He said, it seems to me that the problem is something like trying to fix people's deeply held beliefs by introducing a mantra. As one of you stated in the pod, you can't just say that you have a growth mindset and find results. In fact, if you're going to repeat the mantra without actually radically changing your practice in multiple ways, heck, probably even every way, then at best you have a neutral outcome. Yeah. yeah. I get I get that. It's that old expression, feeling follows action. Yeah. Any, so any, you really have to change what you do or do certain things, and then you you feel empowered. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. He, he actually yeah. continued. He said, <laughs> Never. it's likely going to be worse because now you've masked the fixed mindset, deficit thinking beliefs behind words that sound good, and no one is really facing right, the problem. any of yeah. the action. Yes. Right. Yeah. And interestingly enough, um, I don't... I don't want to go back and listen because to that that part of the of the show last time, just because I had not really not put it all together. I guess you could say <laughs> I didn't. You know, I had some ideas here and there, and I really had to sit with the article and think about it for maybe another week or so to really kind of yeah. think what are the main and salient points here. Um, you know, but it, yeah, it's it's a great article, very thought provoking, and yeah. I'm glad we did it. So. I printed it out. So I can write on it yeah, right. and really? digest it a little more. Good, yeah. good. I thought you were a millennial. Um, everything mean? on the computer. Nah, nah, no, 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 no. I got to print some stuff out sometimes. Speaking of articles, uh, did you guys see this blog, the David, the at David Gurren blog about passion? So that's what we're going to talk about. We tonight. did. I did. I did. Yes. I love it. It's so, so good. So the so the <laughs> so the title of the blog you sound so passionate is why do some educators burn out while others seem to grow more passionate? Now, when I read it, I, I didn't totally get the idea of um, I didn't I didn't walk away knowing why. I'm not sure he answered that question, but I do think he explored um, the impact that passion has on what we do as educators. Let me just read you this one paragraph. I'm really interested to know where passion comes from. And that's because I can't think of a single passionate educator who doesn't make a greater impact for kids. And on the other hand, I can't think of a single educator who seems burned out, who is still able 
to do their very best for kids. So he clearly, David Gurren clearly thinks that passion is a key ingredient in being an effective educator, having a, a, an impact on kids. So he leaves us in this article with a few tenets of passion. Can you read out the tenets before we rip it apart? You ready? Well, Number you, one. I, I'm already sensing, looking at Crable's face, that he's, <laughs> he's ready. He's I ready. Mean, he's like looking at his nails. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Ready to, he's ready to go. <laughs> he's chomping. Number one. They believe they are growing. Number two, they feel like they are making a difference. Number three, they have a strong sense of purpose. That's always a good one, knowing the yeah. why. Knowing the why. Uh -huh. Number four, they have a strong sense of autonomy. We've talked about that on the show with teachers. Number five, they share and connect with other passionate educators. And number six, they know when to set aside work to rest, <laughs> renew, and recharge. <laughs> Or build a deck. Or build a deck. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Work on holidays. Yeah. Um, according to Mr. Crable, I mean, Mr. Siddons, all good teachers do that. Yes. And, and, anyway, <laughs> what, removal. what do you think about passion? Is it necessary to be effective? And what do you think of these six tenants? Uh, I mean, at first glance, I, I, I think it's good to – I think they make sense to me. I mean – I can only speak for myself. If I feel like I'm growing, I'm in a position where I feel like I'm growing and I'm being pushed. I feel like I'm making a difference. That I think that's what teaching is all about. Um, I feel like if you're at, within an organization where you feel like there's a clear purpose that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to hear what Crable has to say about it. I really am. No, no. Because I did because it is a very positive disposition to come out and say that um, passionate teachers. Or, or, or these are the things that make you passionate. You know, it's hard to what what creates passion. Do, do you come into teaching? I, well, as I don't a passionate think he, individual. I'm not or, sure he answers that. Do you no, think he it's not. It's not that? answered. No, no, but I think he, he said these things make people more passionate as I opposed think. to burning out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, let me just say. Yeah. Yeah. I, to, Sorry, I got a little lost in the weeks because. I, I was I started looking at the comments and I shouldn't do that, but I want I want to look at them <laughs> later. Mr. Anyway, go ahead. You are one of the most passionate educators that i know wouldn't you agree mr Absolutely. craves yes, yes. yes i mean casey Absolutely. falls into the passionate yeah. category and then when i read number six and the first line is passionate educators don't have to be martyrs <laughs> i am a martyr <laughs> that I, I am a martyr i totally thought of you because i do think sometimes really passionate educators they don't turn it off uh they tend to be mm -hmm. in some ways perfectionists because they put so much of their heart and soul into it when it doesn't go the way they think they tend to um, yeah. personalize it. And I think and, – and one of the comments actually said that. And it's you like, do that, right? Yeah. It said yeah. Yeah. it is often the most passionate people who are susceptible to burnout because they there put a go. lot of – great deal of pressure on themselves to achieve at a high level, assume heavy workloads, and put in long hours that eventually take a toll on their health. Yep. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And I don't think I've <laughs> actually learned – Totally how to balance it, but I'm getting better at it, which I that's why I took out the deck today. And took yeah. a nap. Yeah. And, you be, and I will say, you become much more receptive to, I don't want to say uh, like us or me or whoever calling you out on it, but I yeah. think you're much more self-aware yeah. that when you get too into the into the thick of it, you yeah. know, it can hard to be, see the... Yeah. Forest I haven't had to go. I haven't had to go to outdoor ed and intervene in several years. That <laughs> <laughs> only happened once, but, uh, <laughs> maybe twice. It was maybe twice. All right, Mr. Krabs. What no, do you think? Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at the what was it, six or seven kind of points that he made, I don't think any of those. Those are all excellent points. Those are all good tenants to live by yep. as an educator or as a 
somebody that works in a job, no problem there. I think where I start to have issues is this whole follow your passion thing. Um, because for me, part of it is there's a personal aspect to it. And this would shock Robbie, but <laughs> I don't think I've ever been wholly 100% passionate with my heart and being for any work or anything that I've done in my life. Right. There's things that I'm highly interested in and I want to learn about them, but then I want to learn about something else. Right. I don't want to devote all of my time and effort to one thing to the exclusion of all else. So when people say, or you need to be a passionate educator, you can't, you can't be a good educator if you're not passionate. Right. Are we cutting out 75% of the, not only current workforce, but of potential workforce? If you don't feel passion, 20 year old looking at education school, this really isn't the job for you. That's not a good message to send in my opinion. So when we talk about passion and follow your passion, really, you can't be good at your job. I think you can do all those other things that he mentioned, but this nebulous thing, passion, eh, but, but, but maybe, um, maybe we're getting confused about passion because maybe passion is not rah, rah, what what you think about in passion in other arenas like sports or um y- you know that you have to be outwardly passionate all the time i mean maybe passion in in the way he's talking about it is this inner drive of some sort um that makes you focus gives you strong purpose um i think of i think of passion sometimes as the over the top educator who's all out there and, well, that's, and gung-ho that's what passion and, means i mean if it's not passionate then choose a different word okay yeah you know, well, like, that's what i'm saying so yeah. maybe but maybe maybe he should should have chosen a different word because i but didn't it's, see- it's endemic it, the, this follow your passion yeah do your passion <laughs> do your i don't passion. think anybody's ever said no that. I, don't <laughs> know. I don't know Where, that might, you might be the first okay i just made that one up. <laughs> do your passion. Yeah, do I mean, your passion fruit it's, I, you know, what? Do your, follow your passion? Like, what if you never find your passion? You're screwed, you know? Like, no, it's an issue. You tend to be a little dispassionate. Yeah. And just because you have myriad interests, which you do, you're one of those people that, you know, wants to learn how to play an instrument and thinks you're going to be a rock star in Bolivia. And I mean, that's, that's, Bolivia. You know, that's how you Bolivia. <laughs> I mean, that's how you are. You're going to get discovered by Google and any day now, right? So <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, you do, you the have, first part was true. Yeah. You have yeah. lots of interests. Yes. Uh, you self-teach yes. a lot. I mean, you just went through a major gardening phase. Yes. Right? Um, so so interestingly- I don't really know where I'm going with that. Well, let, me, saying, let, me, let me intervene and ahead. point out some research. Okay. So- Car- wonky boy some yeah. bandura no. <laughs> some bandura actually Carol Dweck oh oh, oh everybody's heard we, of Carol yeah. Dweck we've discredited her <laughs> oh, okay. so she um, she just co-authored uh, an article in the Psychological Science Journal of June 2018 that sounds pretty serious with yeah, a couple uh, other serial. Stanford psychologists so serial who basically found that follow, the mantra of follow your passion is actually more harmful than it is helpful. And in the study that they conducted, they found that participants who were deeply interested in only one topic, following that one topic, were less likely to finish and understand the material based on their one passion. Mm. And the reason for that was that um, it made people think that following a passion will be easy. 
and that when they ran into roadblocks, they would give up because they're like, well, this is my passion, and it got hard. Oh, and they said, I get oh, well, I guess this isn't really my passion because right, right. I don't actually want to do this. Uh, I'm very good at it. Right. And I just did really because poorly. it's hard. Yeah. I love it and it was easy, but yeah. then it got hard. Yeah. Uh, so maybe yeah. this isn't the thing for to be me. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think teachers certainly run into that. Yeah. I'm passionate. I know I've, I've I've always wanted to be a teacher and then once I'm in the classroom and oh wow, the kids don't behave. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. And I, it yeah. gets hard cuz yeah. it's a hard job. Yeah. Right. Yeah, my, you know? my my passion is gone. My passion becomes negativity. So we could and, be setting you know, I think you make a good point about we could be setting people up for Incorrect assumptions about the the career, maybe, or well, about what you should expect when you get in the classroom, or like I never had, I never had a passion before becoming a teacher. I wasn't a I wasn't someone who was passionate to become a teacher. I was passionate about history. Yeah, but then I became passionate about teaching children. Right. Okay, and working okay, with kids. okay. But hold on. Yeah, I think also he points out now that we're all going over the cliff and slamming the article. I, I think he in some way is saying, though, that passion is something that creates um, a sense of, like, agency. It, 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 it drives us. It, it creates energy. It creates enthusiasm, which are really important skills or, or dispositions to be successful at something. So I, 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 th- I think there's some positive things there. If you really care about something, if yes. you're passionate about something, um, it, it, it does drive you. I mean, I went, you know, when I was, um, when I was first a principal and um, closing the opportunity and achievement gap in the schools that I was leading, that I was passionate about that. Sure. I mean, that, that's what, that, that really gave me a sense of purpose. That, that's kind of what my whole... Um, my whole professional life was about, and to your point, there were setbacks, and it was it it was hard. Um, but I I maintain that passion, so I I, I mean I think it's a po- I think it's a positive thing. But so you you enter into a job, whether it's teaching, education, whatever, on an emotional tip on an yeah. on an emotional feeling that no matter what the emotion is. It's unsustainable. So, in my opinion, because <laughs> okay. you're, you're a you can, little what if bit, we, you can't, you're what a if little we, bit biased. No, I'm if, just saying, in general, I mean, I, you can be <laughs> passionate about the same everything every single day. I mean, you never heard a professional athlete talk and say it's a business, it's a job. No, does Bill Belichick does Bill Belichick exude passion on the sidelines? That would be no. Right. He exudes intensity. Um, so maybe it maybe it is semantics here. Maybe we're just maybe. talking about words. But it's such, but it's but that's the thing is it's these words have become so popularized and so um, enshrined in messages. I think to use yeah. about how do you decide what you're good at? Well, you find your passion. Well, you like. I mean, I, there's some other quotes in here where a lot of successful people say, "Well, you don't follow your passion. You find the things that you're good at, and you build on those. And then when the next opportunity arises, yeah. you take that, and then you go and you build on that, and you learn from that. And then another opportunity arises, and you go on from there. Because uh, if you, but there this, are also, I mean, I think in terms of that, I feel like there there are people that come into any job and they see it as a nine to five job, whether teaching or working at a grocery store or whatever, they see it as a nine to five job. I just want to get my paycheck and Maybe they're good at what they do, and maybe they aren't. Um, but I think that's a different. I think that's a different viewpoint because, like, I, 
I don't. I never saw teaching as a nine to five job. It was never something that. But let me ask you this question: since you brought that up, and then we gotta, then we gotta move on. When there were, t- when there were times, there are times in your teaching career, or when you in your professional career, when things were tough, or you had a bad day. Sure. Did you have you ever gone to the reset of you know what? It's teaching, but it's a job. It's a job. I had a bad day. It's a job. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave gonna it go there. Home. I'm right. going to do whatever, and yeah. I'm going to come back and do better. Like, I, I feel like I've gotten better at that because I'm not sure I, educators gotten... allow themselves to do that. No. Oh, interesting. No. Yeah. I, I think educators, you know, if you have a bad day in the classroom, it's it's catastrophic. It's very personalized. Yes. I, I know for me, well, it's it very feels terrible. I can tell you, it I've does had feel terrible. It feels right. I know. Terrible. I, I agree. It feels terrible. I definitely personalize it. It, it 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 impacts me in a, in a way that I feel like a lot of teachers do, where it's like it, it's an impunity on like your own personal outlook, your own personal yeah. skills, yeah. and like that hurts your self worth. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I that's where. So to your point, I think what I'm I'm kind of making your point, Mr. Graves, that this passion thing can can set you up. Yeah, a little bit. I, I, I will bit. say though, that if you what if we isolated the passionate stuff out of this article, those six tenets. Yeah, they're good tenants. Great tenants. I, yeah. You know, if you're looking at Great. some self-worth and you're looking at yeah. what makes people happy, yes. those you should, six things are... You should are, be happy. You should be... You should auto- have autonomy. Yeah. Yep. All those right? things are 100% true. You should be experiencing growth. Correct. Right. Yep. Yep. Have so. a strong sense of purpose. Right. All right. Well, uh, thanks to David Gurren. He provided a really interesting blog. We'll tweet out the article well, for yeah, you to read. On an, inter- on an interesting topic. If you have any thoughts about it, hit us up on Twitter. Or leave us a note on our website and don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ed's Not Dead. It is the time of the show where... Don't sound so excited. <laughs> Jeez. Where w- it's the time where... Where... where. <laughs> We. Uh, we're going to do a really bad quiz, <laughs> which I have fought against off the air, but that's fine. I Two, two against one. Uh, let's let's do it. You are such a baby. So, I just yeah. wanted to do it, but I guess I didn't want to do it. Everybody else I had a better quiz prepared. And then, you just, and then you just impugned my preparation for the show and said that I wasn't prepared and that the last quiz show was bad, somehow my fault. Of course. What do you mean? I didn't even have anything to I don't, do with I it. don't have to have huh, what? like effect jewel basis. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, All right. What do you got? So the the we we have a really great quiz. Mm-hmm. It's called it's a Hispanic Heritage Month quiz. Since it's Hispanic Heritage that's Month, not, but that's not the one I fought against. But I, I went fought to, against the sugar quiz. I know, but I went to the AARP <laughs> website and I thought you'd be interested in. Okay, it. Now you're this. just being mean. I'm not. It's at AARP. And it's going to find a different one. Yeah, so you found a different. I want to know: Are you eating too much sugar? I'm in okay. my I'm in my forties. Are you eating too much sugar? <laughs> okay, you ready? Yep. These days, sugar seems to be in just about everything we eat. Oh, so true. Which of the following foods should you limit your consumption of for that very reason? Salad dressing. Well. You want choices or no choices? <laughs> I, I like choices. Okay. Fruits and vegetables, cereals and crackers, milk and plain yogurt, or all of the above? Cereals and crackers. Mm-hmm. They're so good, though. <laughs> That's correct. Most cereals and mo- many crackers contain added sugar, which is devoid of nutritional value. Captain Crunch is so good. Captain Crunch. Dude, are you a plain guy or a, like a uh, berries? What are they? Crunch berries? Or- no, I'm a, I'm a plain or- guy. Or... I'm a plain guy. And Lucky Charms are The my sleeper. Favorite. Uh-oh. I- 
peanut butter Captain Crunch. Oh, I, n- I never, yeah. I never How had about peanut butter. I had a really good phase of like when I was probably eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. And then Berkeley, <laughs> yeah, I ate a lot of oh, yeah, peanut yeah, butter yeah, Captain yeah. Crunch. I ate Lucky Charms at dinner in college my freshman year every night. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's God. all I ate. Captain Crunch. No, Lucky Charms. Oh, Lucky Charms. Yeah, no, he did Captain Crunch. I did yeah. Lucky Charms. Uh, Lucky Charms. Was, I don't think I've had peanut butter. Do you remember those, then? those cereal? Those cereal dispensers. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's oh, yeah. so good for you. Yeah, it was awful. All right, number two. When it comes to weight control, mm-hmm. the real problem with eating lots of sugary foods is what? It makes you retain. No, you burn sugar instead of <laughs> was, <laughs> other stuff that you should be burning. Cradle on that face. Choices? <laughs> I'm so sure. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Choices. Sugar contains empty calories, 16 per teaspoon, That's but no I nutrients. Said. That was essentially what I said. Consuming excessive amounts of added sugar promotes the storage of body fat. Oh, yeah. Or added sugar stimulates your appetite and overrides your natu- natural satiety. Satiety? <laughs> I think it's satiety. Satiety? <laughs> Signals? Let me see that word. S-A-T-I-E-T-Y. Satiety? I can't read it. I need glasses. I need! <laughs> or is it all of the above? Uh, all of the above. Okay, let's check that one. Oh, correct. Interestingly, all I'm, the above. I'm, I'm reading this book about um, human evolution and stuff like that. And one of the theories that it posits is that one of the reasons why today in modern times we have such a hard time saying no to food is evolutionarily... Also, another word uh-huh. is hunter gatherers. Like when you saw a fig tree, oh, yeah, you, you were just like, "I'm going to eat every fi- every one of those Judy figs because I don't know where my next meal is coming That's from." True. And essentially, our brains are still because that Wired was only that yeah, it was only twenty thousand years ago. No, that makes me feel ago. better. My ancestors did the same thing. That's right. Yeah. So when I'm doing a sleeve of chips ahoy, oh, and I eat all tw- all twelve of them, your your food insecurity is <laughs> yeah, the same as the hunter gatherers. Right. Basically, right. you're yeah. doing the yeah. right things. Yeah. All right, we'll do one more, and then we'll go to Hispanic Heritage Month. How much sugar does the average adult in the U.S. consume? Per day, sixty Ooh. grams in teaspoons. I am not no, good teaspoons. with teaspoons. Take a guess. Measurements. Uh, twenty-two. Twenty-two teaspoons. Yeah, that's Ooh. actually one of the options, which is funny. I'm gonna say fifty. Okay, we're gonna go with twenty-two. You went above me. You said twenty-two is a lot. Twenty-two is correct. He didn't even have a choice. Crable. That was incredible. Oh, cheated. It adds that up was to amazing. it adds up to three hundred fifty-two calories from sugar alone. Three hundred fifty-two calories. Woo. Think about what twenty-two teaspoons of sugar is like. Yeah. Wow. It's nauseating. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Kind of gross. All right. Now to the real quiz. <laughs> okay. Hispanic Heritage Month is this month. Yes. When was the first time Hispanic Heritage was celebrated in this country? Nineteen eighty-eight, nineteen sixty-eight, nineteen ninety, or nineteen seventy? Eight. I'm going to go with the 50th anniversary, 1968. Okay. 1990. 1968. Ooh. Authorized by LBJ. Yes. All right. Next question. Yeah. Just for the record, it took you guys two times to get that. That's true. Right. That was so embarrassing. Yeah. Well, did, I was staring the, at the screen. We did the partial high five. I'm, I'm trying to you got to look at each here. other's elbows. Yeah. Come, I'm on. To, I'm Come on. I'm trying to run Neither the one of us okay. played a lot of sports. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, go ahead. The decision to have Hispanic Heritage Month start on September 15th was based on several Latin American countries' independence dates, Ooh. such as... A, Costa Rica, El Salvador, and Guatemala. No, anything with Bolivia B, is the right answer. Honduras and Nicaragua. C, Mexico and Chile. Or D, all of the above. I'm going to go with <laughs> Mexico and Chile. That was D. Uh, all of the above. Actually, it was all of the above. Darn it. You. Yes. Uh, it's because the anniversary of the independence of five Latin American countries, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua. Mexico and Chile, Chile 
also joined the list with their respective independence dates on September 16th and the 18th. Okay, they were following the lead of Simon Bolivar. Correct. Number three. What does the United States celebrate during Hispanic Heritage Month? Traditions of Spain, the people and culinary culture of Mexico, the first Caribbean immigrants, or the culture and traditions of people with Hispanic American roots? That one. That one. The last Correct. one. Correct. Yeah. That's not, that wasn't a good question. All right. This one is going <laughs> to test your knowledge then. How large is the self-defined Hispanic population at present in America? Yeah, don't, uh, don't give us choices. All options include... 3.7 million. I said, Puerto don't give us. All oh. options include plus 3.7 million Puerto Ricans living in the United States. So how many? All right. I have a number. Go. 85 million. Um, can I do any calculations? No, you have to do it in your head. I'm going to lower it to 75 million, actually. Okay. Uh... I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna go up. I'm gonna say a hundred million. That's too high, I know, but that's what I'm fifty two million. Mm. Fifty two million. Sixteen point seven percent of the total population. Nice. Uh, what there was you the go. percentage? Sixteen percent? Sixteen point seven percent. I thought it was higher. Did you think it was higher when yeah. you were guessing? Yeah, I was I was, th- I was thinking too. it was in the twenties. Yes. Yeah. I thought it was maybe a quarter. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Next All right. question. Which states have the largest Hispanic populations? Three states. Texas for all options. California. Texas and Florida. Three states. Texas, California, and Florida. Correct. Hey, we don't do that. Very nice. We both get a point for All that. Right. That's right. How many Hispanic young men and women serve in the U.S. Army? A lot. That's pretty high. Um, let's say 250,000. In the millions. All yeah, options yeah, are in yeah. the millions. Sorry. Oh, they were? Yep. It's that high? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Two and a half million. Okay. I'd say a million and a half. 1.2 nice. million. There you go. That's right. 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> I, I'm a little, I'm not even sure we, I knew that. That includes both active and reserves, I'm sure, I guess. Yes. Probably. Yep. Okay. All right. All, all right. right. Hispanics perform well in all sectors of society, but they excel in the economic sector with the creation of small businesses. As of 2007, Hispanic business owners reached how many million? Like customers? No, businesses. I think small they, businesses. Yes, small businesses. Small, okay. Yes. Uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm going to say two mi- million. Two million. Okay. Yeah, let's say three and a half million. Two point three Jeez. million. This guy. I'm good go. with the millions. Yes. All right. Do Doctor Evil with the billions. <laughs> one billion dollars. All right. All right. Last question. Yep. Last one. Do you know how many Hispanics of various generations speak Spanish at home in the millions? Say, read that question again. How many Hispanics of various generations speak Spanish at home? Of various generations. What does that mean? Of all ages. Of all ages. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So from little kids to, to the elderly. Yes. Over age five. Um, that's what they give you. Over age five. Okay. okay. Did you say in the mills again? All the mills. All right. Craig, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I, I, I have you, a number. I'll go first since you've... Yeah, I've... I've I've allowed You've you. piggybacked off my answers I to have, try and I, get I, closer. I've gauged my <laughs> yes. um, I'll say three million. I say twelve million? Thirty seven million. Dang. Thirty seven mils. We're not close. Not close at all. You're a lot all closer right. than I was. Okay. Thanks for participating. That was a good quiz. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. You know. Learning uh, new stuff every day. And um Yeah. So that was good. That was much better than the sugar quiz. <laughs> 
It's all about perspective. Yes. Yeah. All right, boys. Uh, did you see the article by Holly Corby, The Power of Being Seen? How well do you know your students? In a Nevada school, a simple strategy pushes teachers to look beyond the lessons. I know, Mr. Krabs, you, you, you found this article. You liked it. Why did you like it? Yeah. It's, um, so what they do is they get basically take every kid and put them on chart paper, every kid's name in like the entire media center or something. And they make four columns, name, face, something personal, personal family story, and academic standing. And you go around and you see, like, if I know that what that kid looks like, check, check, check. If I know something about that kid, check, check, check. Mm-hmm. So I go around and I fill it in. At the end, you get a really nice snapshot of what, of how the staff knows kids. Mm-hmm. So really, are there kids that are sliding through that we really don't know anything about? And because they're quiet or good kids or right. they don't get in trouble or they don't have bad grades, nobody's really connecting with them. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was a really cool um, idea to go through as a, is a almost um, like a self-test or something like that. Yeah. How well do we know our kids? Because yep. that's who's coming through the door every day. And who, if we don't, let's do something about yeah. it. Let's get to know them. And I, 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 it must be such an incredible feeling, positive or negative, when you see the, well, I guess negative, when you see the blanks and, yeah. and, and you might know that kid is in your fifth period, but he or she's really quiet or, or just, you know, you just haven't connected with and them. Not only you don't know anything about them, but everybody, nobody knows anything Correct. about them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You yep. Know? Um, and I think it's interesting that this is happening because I'm hopeful that school systems are starting to rethink the importance of connecting kids to school through relationships, through relationships with non-parental adults, through relationships of, through the idea of educators knowing kids really well, because I think we, we have spent a tremendous amount of time uh, using the entry point of achievement, academic success for all students, data. Um, It's time it swings back a little bit the other way and we talk about, okay, that's great, but how do we, you know, the the single biggest motivating factor for kids is probably how engaged they feel in school. How an adult, yeah, engages them. Yep. Yeah. Um, Yeah, check it out. I just thought it was cool. It is a cool art. Yeah, we can tweet it out or whatever. Yeah, Mr. Sage, you're going to tweet it out, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's Edutopia, the power of being seen. And I think think one – thing to note is there's not much that would that should stop a school from doing this no or a team or even if it's a sixth grade team any any team could do this this is easy but this is all about culture it is about culture but you could find out stuff that you don't want to find out no and you could also have folks that don't want to do it because they feel like they have a lot of other things they have to do yeah Yeah, that's true so Mm -hmm. um it seems like a common sense thing yeah but um anyway uh, you can find me at RW Dodd on Twitter at Peter Crable at CH Siddons and of course at Ed's Not Dead PC. Uh, thanks again, folks, for tuning in to Ed's Not Dead Boys. Any last comments? Make it, make it. Have a great weekend. Have a great day. <laughs> All right, what do we got coming? Do it on up? purpose. What's coming up? On we used our, to say that. What's coming up on our next show? Oh, we got uh, uh, some great guests. Okay, that I can't remember right now. Okay, so you're putting me on the spot, but we have guests lined up until December. Okay, cool. All so, right. all right, all right, uh, we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>